This is something that directly and inarguably benefits the person on the other side. I'd be doing them a disservice by not really highlighting it, the benefits to them, kind of shouting it from the rooftops. And I believe strongly in what I do and the value it provides. And I would never even want someone to buy from me. In fact, I'd turn them away if I didn't see that it directly solved a problem for them, directly addressed a need for them. Hey, babe, welcome to the Sales and Social Podcast. I'm so freaking excited that you are here with me today. Are you ready to simplify your sales and learn to sell in a way that feels good, but also brings you in more consistent cash? If you find yourself feeling like you're doing all the things on social media, but it's not converting, you feel like you have inconsistent cash months, but you desire more reoccurring revenue, and you just want to sell in a way that feels good without feeling salesy and also have a lot of fun on your journey to entrepreneurship, you are in the right place. Hey, I'm Jillian. I'm your sales queen and your soon-to-be podcast BFF. 22 years in the corporate sales space, losing my job during the pandemic, having no freaking idea what I was going to do, but knowing that I had a God-given talent for sales, I quickly shifted to the online space, where I have not only been able to grow my own personal business from zero to 500K in just 18 months with nothing more than a Zoom link, a paper planner, and a whiteboard, I've helped hundreds and hundreds of others scale their businesses, and explode their sales. So grab your beverage of choice, a pen and a paper if you're anything like me, and let's dive into today's juicy episode. What's up, babes? Welcome back to the podcast. Speaking of babes, I have Brett here today who is like an ultra babe, and we are actually going to talk about one of my favorite topics, obviously sales, but Brett brings such an amazing energy to this topic. So Brett, welcome to my show. Tell my audience who you are and what the heck you do. I love the introduction. I don't think uh, I've been referred to as a babe in in a while. So thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I saw those, I saw those t-shirt pictures at the pool and I was like, Brett's a babe. Brett's got some abs going on. Yeah. 41. Finally, uh, finally getting into good shape here. So it only took took 41 years, but in any event, uh, thank you for having me. Uh, You know, you and I have always had such great rapport and a similar mindset uh, in, in how we approach, I think, sales, uh, let alone life. But as you mentioned, my name is Brett Knopf. I spent over two decades in leadership and sales management roles, primarily in hospitality, search engine marketing, health and wellness. Most recently, I had spent 13 years as a regional manager at Equinox, one of the, the largest uh, fitness brands in the world. And during the pandemic, I realized that I wanted to get off the hamster wheel, you know, really take all of the accumulated skills that I've learned over the years. And my mission became to help leaders create organizations and uh, you know, environments where people actually want to be there, where their leaders are focused on personal development as much, if not more so, as professional skill development. And then on the other side of it, making sure that uh, people that are in these employer uh, employment situations, they're not beholden to toxic work environments, toxic leaders. So equipping them through sales and leadership and mindset to have the skills and confidence to get out of there, to you know create those own environments themselves or identify leaders and organizations that are already operating at a high level and, and genuinely give a shit. The people that uh, are working with them, uh, and I purposely use that that word choice with them rather than for them. So uh, here we are, we're doing coaching, consulting, 
speaking, uh, about to launch my first book on, on sales um, and, and earning that time in financial freedom. So all the things, super excited and uh, apologies for the, the long-winded response to you. No, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's way better than when I get people on who are like, um, I'm a mindset coach and I'm like, mm, okay, where are we going to take this talk? Like, I actually love that you like jammed out. And this is the thing, guys, you know, I've said this on so many past episodes. I'm not just bringing on anybody on my podcast. I am bringing on the best of the best and true experts in their space. So while Brett's, you know, introduction of himself may have been a little long-winded, he is an expert in what it is that he does. He's an expert in leadership. He's an expert in team building, and he is a freaking expert in sales. So with that, we are going to dive into today's episode. So let's just jam out, first of all, when it comes to sales. Why do you love sales so much? I didn't originally. I didn't either. It was the worst. I I shit you not. I was going into my first formal sales job, and if anyone's seen the, the movie Boiler Room, uh, God, yes. it, it was Boiler Room, which ultimately gave me a tremendous education on what to do and also what not to do. But I was going in and by the end of my nine months there, almost vomiting on my desk because it was high pressure. What we were selling wasn't benefiting the person on the other side of the equation. And I, I, I hated it. And I don't use the word hate uh, loosely. It's, it's very rare to use that word. Oh my gosh. I love that you're talking about that. So I also hated sales when I first started. So I was 19 years old and I started my first sales job. And I remember like my boss used to get in the car with me and I did uh, restaurant food sales, grocery store sales. And I would literally pull up to my accounts and I'd be like, please do not let the owner be here. Please not let the owner be here because I would literally dread having to get in front of these like people and talk to them, let alone like with my boss. And back then, like I wore a suit and I would literally be like so sweaty and I'd be like, oh my gosh, just please do not let one, me like sweat through my suit coat in front of my boss. So I'll be like so fucking embarrassed. And two, like, I actually really hope that the people are not even here because I do not want to do this sales call. So I know what shifted for me. We've talked about this on the podcast, but like what shifted for you, for you now to like be a sales machine and to teach it? Yeah. So when I pivoted to health and wellness and, you know, that pivot came as, as a result of making a decision that I wanted to do something professionally that I actually cared about on a personal level, something that would create a wins all around scenario in selling it and delivering on the, the service, uh, everything shifted for me. I'm not going to say it was immediate. It, it still took me a minute to shake off some of that PTSD from uh, what had been going on <laughs> yeah. previously. Take but, a few Xanaxes. Yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't have worked so well as a, as a trainer. Uh, but in, in any event, I, I really had that, that shift when I recognized that what I was selling was something of tremendous value to people. And in something like personal training and you know, teaching other trainers and leaders to sell at a high level, you know, I, I always focused on the fact that this is something that directly and inarguably benefits the person on the other side. So when there's that alignment from a values perspective of, okay, what I'm doing here is genuinely benefiting them, I'd almost be doing them, not even almost, I'd be doing them a disservice by not really highlighting it, uh, the the benefits to them, kind of shouting it from the rooftops, how this is going to benefit them and helping them get out of their own way with their own self-imposed limitations. 
to be open to doing something as fundamentally beneficial as, you know, optimizing their health and wellness, everything, everything changed for me. And it enabled me to ultimately go on to teach other people how to, how to do the same things through my own challenges and obstacles that I overcame. And it's, it's been a home run ever since. And it's continued on to my own coaching and consulting and speaking where I believe strongly in what I do and the value it provides. And I would never even want someone to buy from me. In fact, I turn them away if I didn't see that it directly solved a problem for them, directly addressed a need for them. Oh my gosh. So I see that all the time too. And I love that you said that. Like if somebody comes into my world and they're like, hey, I really need some mindset work. It's like, yeah, can I like BS my way through it? Probably, but like, I'm actually not the person to go to for like mindset. I'm like, hey, I'm going to send you to Andrea Crisp, right? Like I'm going to send you to Kimberly Valerie. So there's like so much integrity that I know that you have when it comes to like, if this is going to help you, yes, I'm going to sell it to you. But if this is actually not for you, I'm not going to try to like bullshit my way through it and try to sell it just for sales. And I think that is what makes people feel so gross about sales. It's like, you know, people ask me all the time. It's like, how do I convince somebody to buy something? Well, you don't. That's actually why sales feel so gross is because you're trying to convince somebody of something that they actually don't need. It's, it's such a, a great point. It's funny you say that because I was on a call before this, I'm doing some consulting work and building out a sales team for this real estate investment firm out of Orlando. And we were having that, that same conversation of how do we find salespeople that understand the difference between selling and having someone buy something? You know, What does it mean to you when we talk about buying versus selling? And really making that part of the vetting process up front where the, the people coming into the organization understand that you're not trying to, to force someone into something. You're not trying to figure out what pocket their wallet's in so you can you know, swipe it out, get their credit card, knock that out, and then they're, you know, they're a client or mm-hmm. purchase your service. It's really making sure that you can solve, directly solve the problem that they're looking to solve. And if you're not, you know, have that integrity to then go, go ahead and move it to the next person that, that can. That's why networking is so mm-hmm. valuable in you know, being able to concierge that solution for people independently of you delivering it directly to them. It's so good. I mean, I always use the example of like, imagine if you were like trying to sell someone something, like let's just use like bottled water for an example, right? And somebody like did not like bottled water and you were like, oh, let me tell you all the reasons why you need bottled water. And they're like, hey, I actually don't like bottled water. And you're like, no, bottled water is so great. And let me tell you, like, this is why you need it. And this is like why it's beneficial and all the things like that is convincing somebody that they need it versus finding somebody who's like super fucking stoked about bottled water. They think bottled water is like the best thing on the planet. Now you're standing in front of them and you're like, hey, let me show you this new bottle of water. And they're like, I'm down. Show me it. Like when you can find people that are interested in what it is that you're talking about, now you're not selling and pushing and convincing. You're literally just like, hey, I know you like what I have. And now I'm literally just going to like give you the offer. It's so simplistic. I think it's literally so simplistic. It really I really just pulled it out of like thin air, you guys, but like that's literally how simplistic it is. It is. And there's there's a tendency in sales, in leadership, in, in fucking life, frankly, yeah. to 
overcomplicate things, let the noise and the distraction dictate what's going on rather than taking a second to figure out the simplified solution to things. And I, I, I continuously use that word solution yeah. when I'm speaking because you know, I, I coach you know, thousands of salespeople over, over the course of my career here. And I, I almost want them to eliminate the word sales from their vocabulary yeah. and look at themselves more so as solution brokers so that you're not that. trying to convince people to do it. You're merely partnering up with them to figure out what the most direct linear solution is to whatever they're looking to solve for. And it may take you, you know, it's likely going to take you asking several questions to figure that out or, you know, going with someone uh, or working with someone like yourself, Jillian, where you're just a master at attracting the people who do need that bottle of water and do want that bottle of water. So it really is more of a you know, presentation and very direct um, conversation about how that bottle of water is going to quench their, their, uh, their thirst here. Right. If you get you some bottle of water, send me a DM. I got you. Um, so, hey, you have coached thousands of people. You just said that. How big of a role is mindset when it comes to the thousands of people that you've been coaching in sales? It's the foundational piece of the puzzle. For what it's worth, most of my sales training is predicated on the mindset rather than you know any formalized strategies, tips, tactics, tools along those lines. You know, my book really is primarily based on the mindset end of it. So things like be more interested than interesting. I love things that. like a giving mentality versus a getting mentality, you know, the word mentality, mindset. You know, those are the things that set you up for success. I feel like anyone can learn the scripts and the rebuttals and you know, the features and benefits of, of what they're selling. But in order to really put yourself in that elite category, you need to have that great energy. You have to genuinely give a shit about the people that you're selling to or, or you know, have, or, or having purchased your, uh, your product or service. You have to genuinely want to be a, a problem solver mm-hmm. for people. And when you come from that uh, perspective and that, you know, philosophically and, and you know, from a mindset perspective, that's how you operate. You're just, you're going to have infinite more success in the person that's faking those things or just doesn't have them to begin with because people are going to sniff that shit out and they are not going to want to work with you. It doesn't matter how great your scripting mm-hmm. is. If your words, your body language and your intentions aren't all aligned, you're dead in the water. You're dead in the water. So I, I love that you also said that like there is like an elite category of salespeople. And like, if you want to get to the elite level, like you got to do some things. Like I would say I'm an elite salesperson. I would say you are obviously an elite salesperson. What are some of the things that you did to get to where you are, to be an elite salesperson, or even to like get to where you are in the online space? Like, I know that you do a lot of inner work. I know that you do a lot of like, you're super fucking organized. I know that you believe in mentorship. Like what are some of those like key factors for my audience that's listening who was like, okay, I want to be elite, but like, give me the steps. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the first step, well, first of all, finding why you want to be elite, you have to understand yourself and what motivates and, and inspires you to want to be elite. You know, it, what price are you willing to pay in order to, to be elite? You know, I think 
a lot of people say they want to want to be elite salespeople, but they're not willing to put in the time, effort, energy, and finances to level up uh, in that. You don't, you don't just read a sales book and become an elite salesperson, or you don't just buy like a ninety-seven dollar course and you're like a fucking sales ninja. I, you know, we said simplistic answers. Uh, in this case, no, it's not as, as simplistic as, as that. Yeah. Maybe the, the unicorns out there, but yeah. uh, generally speaking, no, that, that's not how this works. Mm-hmm. You know, I think with anything that you want to become a lead at, you find the people who are already doing it at an elite level. You ideally can communicate with them directly to figure out why they're doing that through mentorships or coaching or, or whatever the case may be. You can read their their books. A lot of people have free resources out there. You know, whatever entry point makes sense for you, figure out what you want to do, why you want to do it, find the people that are doing it at that elite level and start incorporating the things that uh, they're doing into your day-to-day. And when I say incorporated, that's the other piece of the puzzle that puts you in the elite category. Practice, 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 practice. I love and hate role play. Role play is arguably the best tool in the arsenal to improve. It's like a professional athlete. You know, these LeBron, Kobe, whomever, these guys are and were elite, not just because of their you know, physical capabilities. It's because of their, uh, their work ethic. It's because of that practice. It's because of that mentality uh, and that discipline that they said they were going to be elite and they were willing to pay the price. Uh, from a, a time, effort, and energy standpoint, financial standpoint, uh, to get there. So those are really the things that I've seen raise people from good to great, great to excellent, excellent to elite. Yeah. And I know like one of the things about you too, is like, you've been with, I believe the same mentor for since the beginning, yeah. you know, you've been with, with Dave Meltzer, let's like, shout him out. I know he's like an incredible human, but like, why do you believe in finding one mentor? I'm also a huge believer in one mentor. Why do you believe in finding one mentor in literally what you said, like putting all your money, like going all in, pulling up a chair and linking arms with one versus like, I call it like coach hopping, sleeping around with coaches yeah. and yes. doing all the things. And for what it's worth, I did some, uh, some coach hopping. You're like, for well. what it's worth, I did sleep around. Yeah, then yeah, I found yeah, Dave. A little, little slutty there, but yeah. <laughs> We all had our sunny days. I mean, let's be real. You know, for, for what it's worth, it, it wasn't so much that. It's I had specific skills that I was looking to develop. So I'm writing this book and I wanted to hire a book writing coach for that specific skill yeah. development where Dave was more in a, a different camp of his expertise. Yeah. So it, it comes back to that identification process of the what's and, and why's of what you're looking to accomplish. But, you know, I've stuck with Dave for, for an extended period of time here. And you know, it's important to do that because otherwise you're just dabbling. I think it's the same as anything else, you know, dabbling versus committing. Mm-hmm. Are you interested or are you committed? And yeah. when you're committed into progressively moving from day to day, week to week, month to month, and you're tracking what you're doing and your, your progress within those day to day and within the coaching relationship, uh, you're measuring these things. Now there's, there's tangibility mm-hmm. to it. There's, there's measurability to it. So it's not just this vague concept of, you know, I kind of want to do this or I'm kind of doing that. I feel like this is working. No, no, no. You are working with someone who knows you, who is going to point out your blind spots, who is going to keep it progressing rather than continuously 
starting, getting to a point, starting over with someone fresh, et cetera. And yeah, it may take that sleeping around to find the right person, um, similar to therapy, um, similar to a relationship, et cetera. But finding that right person and staying committed in, in the long term is really where I've seen the um, progressive overload take place, to, to borrow a fitness term, yeah. um, with, with everything. You know, even me too, you know, I've had, I've had the same mentor. I had the same mentor for 18 of the 22 months. I just recently changed. Um, that's a whole nother podcast episode, but I, you know, I believe in the power of long-term mentorship for a couple of reasons. Me personally, one is the transformation begins in the transaction. And when you commit to someone for three months, six months, 12 months, there's usually a much higher level of investment. And that transformation begins when you make that investment. So I think that's a bigger thing too. Also, there was a point when you, let's just say you're, you're investing $97 in a coach or you're investing $200 in a coach. You know you can make that back. But when you start up-leveling and you're investing $5,000, $10,000, $15,000, $20,000, you got to work harder because you're like, I've just up-leveled my mentorship, right? So when I join a program that's $1,000, I could say, well, if I don't make back $1,000, it's not the big of a deal because I can make $1,000 in my sleep. But when I wire $20,000 to my mentor, it's like, holy shit, the game just changed. I have to up-level what I'm doing because I got to now make that back. That's also, I think, a huge difference when it comes to like, again, those bigger investments, those bigger things. It's like how you show up is also so different. Yeah, you're 100% right. It's if you go to a free workshop, free you know, seminar, work with a coach for free, I think as a generalization, the effort level and, and the investment in you know, taking action is far less than when you are doing those $20,000 wire transfers. I know it from experience. Now I've spent well over 60 grand in the last 18 months uh, on coaching investments. And I take it seriously because I need to make sure that that ROI is there uh, to justify it. And in order to make sure that ROI is there, I have to take that coaching and apply it. And that's, that's a big piece of the coaching puzzle to me. If you're working with coaches that aren't giving you actionable takeaways that you have to own, you know, some sort of action at the end of each session or, you know, interaction, something you want to uh, be wary of because yeah. conceptual is fine. It's practical application of those concepts is really where you're going to uh, you'll find yourself being able to make progress, identify what's working, what's not working, make the necessary adjustments. Yeah, that's so good. So Brett, what do you have going on right now? I know you do so much leadership coaching. I know you do sales coaching. I know you have a book coming out. So tell my audience all the things where they can fall in love with you. Oh, <laughs> Uh, well, you know, you can fall in love with my bald head. And uh, I mean, we love your bald head. We have matching ball caps on today. Yeah, We're literally twins. Uh, but, but beyond, uh, beyond my, beyond my his head. bald head and his abs, what else can we love about you? Uh, so, you know, really what I'm, I'm working on is I've been doing a lot of, uh, consulting work with, uh, with organizations to help them attract and, uh, retain talented, 
uh, team members through, you know, just creating those systems, creating those cultures right from the inception point of recruiting and hiring. So they're looking at things through the lens of, all right, what constitutes success in this role? What characteristics are those people displaying? And how can I identify those things and hire to those specific characteristics? So you know, I work with uh, a lot of, of leadership teams and organizations in that capacity. I am also in the midst of launching classrooms on sales, leadership, and mindset so that I'm, I'm able to really help you get to the point where, and from a skill development uh, standpoint, from a confidence standpoint, you can, you can earn your time and financial freedom uh, by utilizing and taking actions within you know, the, 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 the concepts and principles that I teach. So that's coming soon. And then the book, you know, the book is called so Everyday exciting. People, Extraordinary Sales Success, Sales Secrets from Those Who Won Financial Freedom in Their Life Back. So I went and I interviewed people that have done this, that have utilized value-based, integrity-based sales to, to really earn and win that financial freedom and that time freedom so that and I can equip you with the things you need to not be in toxic work environments, to not be beholden to anyone but yourself and take care of your family, the people around you, your, your clients and customers. You know, I really am, my mission is, is to create wins all around for, for everyone and, and make as much of an impact as I'm capable of. Um, and you know, help, as, as Meltzer says, help a lot of people, make a lot of money, have a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's a life and business philosophy that, in my opinion, is uh, at the top of the, the proverbial food chain here. That's amazing. Well, being a sales expert yourself, this is the last question that I ask everybody on the podcast. What makes you buy from somebody online? I want to make sure that whomever I'm buying from online is someone that I resonate with, that shares values to mine. I'm going to be attracted by the person as much, if not more so than the product or service, and especially a service provider. I, I need to make sure that I'm in, I'm in alignment with them. And when I see content that, that vibes with, with what I care about and value, when I you know, have the opportunity to speak directly to someone that showcases that, you know, we, we have uh, similar core values, um, it, that's, that's, again, as, as important, if not more so than the, the product or service itself. Mm -hmm. You guys, so that's huge. So if you listen to this podcast right now, go look at your content and ask yourself, like, are you showing up? Does your audience know who you are? Are you showing your core values? Because again, that's the connection piece to so many people. You know, Brett and I were joking before the podcast started, uh, you know, him and I both have baseball hats on today. We both have t-shirts on today. And we were joking. We're like, we're each other's people, like 100%. And like, we were joking, but it's also really true. It's like you attract in your people and you do that through your content, through your messaging and just who you are like unapologetically. So go check out your content and make sure that you are like taking off the mask and you are hundred percent showing up who you are, because that is when you become a magnet and sales become easier. Brett, thank you for being on the show. I'm literally obsessed with you. I'm so excited that you were here. You guys go follow Brett, go buy his book, go get into his world. Brett, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Jillian. And uh, everything that Jillian just said about me, do the same with her, please. I appreciate you. 
Thank you so much for tuning into the Sales and Social Podcast. If today's episode has you fired up and you loved it, could you do me a huge favor and leave a review over on Apple Podcasts or take a screenshot and share it on social media and don't forget to tag your business bestie. And while you're there, connect with me on the gram at the Jillian Murphy. I'm on a mission to change the mindset of sales. I want people to love sales because the reality is sales is the foundation of everything you do. It's how your business generates revenue consistently. So show up and be unapologetic about selling because once you fall in love with selling, babe, sky's the limit. So I'll catch you on the next episode, but until then, feel free to slide into my DMs because I cannot wait to get to know you better.